Welcome to the Modern Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Gavin Meenan, and on this podcast, I will be speaking to inspirational individuals who specialize in the field of physical and mental health to offer you the tools that you need to become a stronger, healthier, and more confident man in today's world. Hello and welcome to episode number 61 of the Modern Warrior podcast. Today, I have the man, the fucking legend that is Connor O'Keefe with me on this episode. Uh, Connor is an absolute fucking inspiration and some have even gone to call him the uh, the Irish David Goggins, although he would argue with that statement. I would say, well, maybe he's David Goggins with a bit of charm and uh, he is uh, an ultramarathon runner. He's actually training for an absolutely epic event at the moment which he will tell you all about he's a a mental health and well-being speaker and he's also the host of a brilliant podcast make sure you go check it out after this episode called flip the script and uh, it's very relative to connor's life experience where he ultimately flipped the script on his own life and uh, began by asking himself very different questions and took him down a a new route in his life, which I'm excited to hear more about. So stay tuned, everyone. Connor, how are you doing, my man? I'm very good, Gavin. Thanks very much for having me on the podcast. And I have to say, the name of your podcast is class as well, uh, The Modern Warrior. Like, it's just, uh, I was just kind of looking at it there before the meeting started and I was like, fucking hell, I missed the trick there. (laughs) (laughs) I should have named named it that. No, it's brilliant though, but as, as yeah, I think there's more warriors needed in today's day and age. Um, but uh, Flip the Script as well is also brilliant because, uh, as I said, it's very relative to your story where you began to flip the script on how you thought, how you lived your life. Mm. And uh, could you tell us a little bit more about that in terms of, um, I know that, look, we've only got an hour here and uh, your yeah. story is quite long. So to sort of... Um, yeah, in a sort of nutshell, some of the some of the uh, experiences you were going through in your life, which brought you to the point where you began to actually uh, flip the script and started something new. Mm. Um, well, I'm I, I've become deeply uh, interested in in psychology. Like, you know, how how does the mind work? How do human beings work? You know, how do we become who we are? You know, like. Uh, there are certain parts of us that we're born with, you know, like if we were born to the same parents and then we were taken off those parents and given to a new set of parents, we'd still have a certain element of ourselves. That's us. Right. And that we don't really get from our parents, you know, but a lot of it is to do with, you know, the development of your life starts from like literally once you leave the womb. Um, And I was actually talking to a a really interesting chap um, who you should have on the podcast as well, Paddy Douglas, friend of mine. I just had him on my podcast. His page is called Breed, Trust, Flow. And, you know, he was talking about relearning from the womb, you know, relearning things that you would have actually learned from the womb, which I I thought was incredibly uh, powerful. And uh, so, like, I suppose I've tried uh through my time in ultramarathon through my time of like trying to find out who the fuck i actually am i have uh tried to look back at my own childhood and try and figure out where the fuck did connor come from you know like how did i come to be and like i definitely like you know my and my mother has helped me an awful lot because she is a psychotherapist and so she knows um, and she actually qualified really late she's actually just after qualifying so she qualified in her late 50s and so she kind of went through her um early parenthood like wanting the perfect childhood for me and so like trying to protect me and trying to you know um trying to make sure that we had everything and she you know she would have struggled financially as a child and so she didn't want us to struggle financially and she thought that if if she kept all of those things um you know good and perfect that we would be good and perfect and you know that caused an awful lot of friction when you have a child like me who's just an absolute mental case and like flies off and does his own thing at all times hated school couldn't sit down in class questioning the teacher's authority all the time you can't speak to me like that just because you're an adult and I'm a child and 
all these kind of things, it didn't really fit in with her um, uh, idea of who I should be as a child. And so I did. I had a kind of a, a childhood where I often felt like uh, maybe I couldn't act the way that I wanted to um, for a lot of the time and especially at home. And so maybe when I got into school, I felt like that was a time that I could and that I could just let go and let loose, you know, and like what I was in for quite a lot of my time in psychological terms, now what we would call free child, you know, free child is creative. Like we want, we want adults to be in free child. We want, uh, we want them to be creative. We want them to be energetic. We want them to be enthusiastic about the, you know, their day and their lives and finding ways to make fun and things. And, and that's, that's what we're, we're seeking right now. You know, myself and yourself through our lives is times where we can be in that space. And maybe that's for you is, you know, train and going to the gym, that's play. You know, uh, me, it's the same going to the gym, going for a run, hiking in the mountain. That's all play. And I felt like, you know, uh, you know, my mother now sees that in my nieces and my nephew and is delighted about it. You know, oh, my God, just look at them being so creative and playing around. But I don't think I was allowed to do that, you know, as a child. Um, and all these things formed into me wanting to belong. I, like I wanted to belong, um, you know, as a child, I wanted to belong in school. I wanted to belong in social circles and all that kind of stuff. And I think I just found that really tough. You know, I found that really hard to do and uh, found that hard to do in primary school. It followed me into my secondary school days. And it wasn't until I was in my late teens where I started to kind of actually form myself and who I am. And, um, you know, not, not, not even so much really who I am, but more so I wasn't um, as mad to impress people or as mad to uh, like act the fucking maggot or uh, be the class clown and give everybody a laugh and all this kind of stuff and um, I, I kind of started to, to kind of look for things so look still looking externally I wasn't looking within myself at that time still looking externally for these meaning and purpose in my life and I found Thai boxing as you you know from listening to the podcast I found Thai boxing at 17 years old I was like boom that's it that's my life. That's who I'm going to be. I'm Connor, the Thai boxer now. And for the next about seven or eight years, that's all I was. You know, my whole identity was wrapped up in this idea of being a Thai boxer. And that came to a penultimate end with the same guy that I just mentioned at the start of the podcast, Paddy Douglas, knocked me unconscious and um, for an Irish title fight. And that was kind of like a, a big, it was a huge blow to me, like a blow that I can't even comprehend like I couldn't even comprehend at the time I felt like I felt like something had died I felt like you know my my I like a loved one had died something that was keeping me you know company and you know giving me something to get up in the mornings that all had gone away uh, and then I slipped into that kind of I suppose this very um we know it very well as men um you know the this kind of easy um nightlife orientated drink fueled kind of uh i i call it self-destruct mode really where i just didn't really give a shit about my life i didn't care anymore and um i felt like because i had leaned so much so hard on the external and it had it had fucked me over so i'm like right okay what am i going to do now you know like there's nothing left for me now um you know because you can't see at that time, when you get so invested in something to make it your identity, you can't see anything past it. And uh, it was at, at, after a couple of years of that times, the wilderness times, um, I, I kind of, I started to change. And then I started to, like the name of the podcast, flip the script in and, and finding running and things like that. Yeah. Brilliant, man. Yeah. Well, there's, <laughs> there's a lot more to that, everyone. So yeah, that is the very, very short version of the story. And uh, yeah. if, as, as you know, I've listened to a couple of your podcasts and especially your early episodes where you're, you're going deep in terms of your, your journey and the struggles you've come up against and a lot of your success as well, but that you were sort of uh, looking for something on the outside that you had neglected within, that you'd neglected inside, which I think many of us, have fallen victim to if that's the best term to put on it uh, i don't like to use, to use the word victim but you know what i mean you're sort of you're we're all programmed to go to school get the job and you know make a certain amount of money have the house have the family settle down all this external stuff and uh we're sort of almost um conditioned to believe that that's that's life and that's that's your that's your goal here to uh basically 
join the dots and just move on. And there's no sort of room there for reflection, no sort of room for asking questions in terms of, hang on a second, is, is this is this what I want? Am I doing this because I want to do it? Or am I doing this because my parents want me to do it? And I think a lot of men, especially, and, and people, I think, fall into that trap of trying to um, impress their parents or trying to meet their parents' expectations of them uh, to the point where they lose themselves and they're in the job then or living some sort of life that's not true to them because they never stop to ask those questions, which is ultimately the point you got to, isn't it, where you started to ask yourself some very important questions in terms of, okay, why, why am I looking for this or why am I so driven towards trying to achieve something outside of myself? Like what is the uh, internal maybe struggle or internal pain? That's, that's the driving force behind my seeking of prizes, my seeking of trophies, my seeking of achievements, which ultimately at the end of it all just leaves me feeling empty and dissatisfied anyway. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, you, you spoke about there, your, uh, uh, you had to laugh, man. I was like, uh, yeah, that's David Goggins. Um, when you, when you went and you ran a hundred, a hundred miles, wasn't it a hundred mile race? Mm. Uh, without very little training, I believe. Uh, like I think you signed up to seven weeks before the race, and uh, you're describing your journey uh, throughout that run on on your podcast and your body breaking down. And I'm thinking, all right, uh, mile was a mile fifty five or something, and you were saying that your body was broken down, your knee was swollen up, you were just done. And I said, okay, he must have must have given up at this point. And then you're saying, you know what? Yeah, I, I took a rest and I was off again. Got to mile eighty two. And he said, look, I am, I was absolutely broken, uh, you know, uh, absolutely destroyed, you know, using these sort of terms and these words. I thought, okay, well, he mustn't have, mustn't have made it. And then uh, I crossed the line at, at, at mile hundred and I'm going, okay. Oh. <laughs> now I know why they call him the, the Irish David Goggins. Yeah. This is fucking pure fucking Goggins style here, but um, the, the perseverance and the resilience, man, that you demonstrated throughout that, that period. I mean, you, there must've been such a, an internal drive, to want to do that and um you know have you ever sort of got in touch of what that was in terms of what made you push yourself beyond that absolute limit and then push yourself beyond the next absolute limit to the point where you actually finished the race did you ever sort of step back from that and ask yourself how did i keep going or why did i keep going or what was that fucking voice in my head that's just you know um got me back up again and you know may and ultimately encouraged me to put one foot in front of the other and, con- and to continue running this race where i could have just easily thrown in the towel because i was fucking yeah i was dying so yeah have you uh have you reflected on that experience yeah big time um like I suppose what i had to realize was throughout all of the times in my life the only constant was me so, like, you know, if these things were changing on the outside and I had really little control over them, really, like, you know, because, like, if it's Thai boxing, let's say, it's my, op- my opponent. I don't have any control over them or what they do. I don't have a control over, like, how my body is going to feel on the night. I can, I can control what I eat. I can control what I drink or whatever the case, but I can't control, you know, exactly everything. And so, like... Uh, everything every passage of time throughout my life i was the one that was there you know like there was people that would come and go and things would come and go and external rewards would come and go and so i'd have to realize that you know i'm the constant so i have to become if i want to be happy and i want to be fulfilled i don't it's not going to be like running a marathon or running an ultramarathon is going to do that for me. And that was what actually I think the 100 mile run taught me so much was because like I like I, I talk about this concept on my podcast and with, you know, when I'm doing talks with universities and companies and things like that about the, the, the idea of becoming my own best friend, you know, so like, you know, if you ever had a had a big failure or a setback or something that you didn't get a job or you, you fail a test or something like that. And you talk to your best mate about it. What do they usually say? Well, look, fuck it. You gave it your best shot. Like, you know what I mean? You gave it a good go. Now you got to the last round of the, of the interviews and you just fell short. Like, you know what I mean? Just, you know, well done. Fantastic work. And, you know, keep going. 
but you don't say that to yourself. You know what I mean? You you say, fuck's sake, I'm useless. I obviously have no job. I you know, I've no future in this in this area, blah, 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 all this kind of negative shit you fill your, your head with. I'm like, okay, right. Why can't I be that best friend for me? You know, why do I have to, you know, why do I have to fucking crowdsource this fucking best friend? You know, why do I have to go to other people to get this? Why can't I just talk to myself like that? And like that hundred mile run, there was kind of like a, I think there was like a residual, like a, a, I, I failed to allow myself to even fail because I had failed so terribly in, in Thai boxing and in other things, in relationships and all these kind of things. I'd failed so many times that when I got to that hundred mile run, I was like, I'm not, I'm just not, I just, I, I don't think I could take it. I don't think at that time I could have taken a failure. So the physical hurt and the physical pain I was going through was nothing to what I would have felt afterwards from, at my own hand. My own brain, my own mind would have put me through the ringer for months, if not years afterwards. So I, yeah, I can deal with, you know, five weeks of having a limp. You know what I mean? You know, I, I could deal with that, not a bother. Like I, I actually, no word of a lie in that, in, in, in that race had, had like put it to bed that I had no cartilage left in my ankle. Like I was like, ah, oh, but it's cartilage is gone. Like scrunch, don't worry about it. It's fine. It didn't, but that's what it felt like. It felt like bone on bone. I was like, yeah, that's it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's grand. And I had actually like, it, it made sense, you know, it made sense to put my body through that shit to, to get this internal payoff, right? Whereas what I really, because after that race, I didn't run again for months, right? Obviously, I couldn't fucking do shit all for weeks afterwards. I was barely able to walk around the gaff. But I, I drank really heavily after that time. I, I, re, I dipped back into that old way of life. And it really just showed me that like it was huge lesson, huge learning curve for me, because if I thought that ultramarathon was going to be the way that I'm going to find my salvation, I was fucking dead wrong. Because like I think it was probably one of the heaviest periods of drinking I went through my whole life was after that race. Fix you, quote unquote. What the fuck is going to fix you? So like um, I, I ended up just being really bad to myself, talking really horribly to myself you know, again, externally seeking validation. Um, and so what I had to realize was, and, uh, you know, was that like, um, was that best friend attitude, that best friend mentality and being my own best friend? Because like, uh, if I looked back at that time, no, I would like, if someone spoke to me the way that I spoke to myself, I'd fucking knock them out like you know what I mean and that's the thing it's like you, I would never let anybody speak to me the way that I spoke to me so why am I allowing it you know why am I allowing it to happen um, and so I um, I, I had to rebuild so and, and like a far far more difficult rebuilding than a physical rebuild it was a mental rebuild and I had to start from the very very beginning and uh, there was going to be stumbling blocks and there's going to be times along the way where you just feel like okay, maybe I'm am I am I am I falling into the same loop, the same trap again, or is this different this time? And and you know how steady am I? Because like I was like always up, fucking skyrocketing to the moon, or I was down in the dumps, right? And I, I could never just be Connor and just be kind of like right, okay, I could never just deal with life, you know, just like a day to day occurrences, you know, minor things that you blow up out of proportion. I couldn't take them. You know, I just, I just wasn't able to compartmentalize them. And I, I like, I was manic, you know, I was manic. I, I was manically depressed as well because, you know, minor things would happen. I'd spiral downwards, stay there for weeks. Something good would happen, like maybe in or out of my control. And I'd be back up again. And I was like, this is too tiring. I can't keep doing this shit. Like, you know, so um, I really had to like start with the internal. So and when, when I talk to people about that, it sounds very mystical and very, you know, uh, far reaching and staying in a, a room with my legs crossed, saying ums, you know, it's not that at all. What it is, is just that I had to just start really dialing in with how I was speaking to myself and how I was treating myself, because that's how it all starts, your internal chat. That's because that's mindset. 
Like people talk about mindset as well in a very mysticized way. Mindset is just that ability to talk to yourself in a, in a way that allows you to do things, regardless of what that is. So mindset is just, you know, there's cartilage gone in my ankle. Okay, that's grand. We can we can deal with that at the end of it. You know, we finished the race and we'll deal with that at the end. That's the internal dialogue, let's say, right? And that's at one end of the spectrum. But at the other end of the spectrum is you fail at something like I did. I, I, I ran a, I ran the carry away ultra uh, just September gone and I failed. I, I, I didn't finish the race. I, I got a hundred miles in, uh, got injured and my worst nightmare, pulling out of a race, pulling out of a fucking race, worst nightmare of my entire life. But it was also one of the most beautiful things to have happened to me as well, because I knew after that that I really actually liked myself and I really liked who the fuck I was because I could, I didn't, I, I the, the old, you know, ideas of fuck's sake, Connor, like maybe you're not an ultra marathon runner. Like this, I, I've ran a hundred miles in seven weeks training. I, I won a 200 mile race that hasn't had a finisher like a few years before or a few years after me haven't had a finisher. And, and and yet I and yet I could be I could be saying to myself maybe you're not up for ultra marathon no that's not the case at all you fail at things especially when you put things on the top shelf you know you, you you'll struggle to get there a lot of the time and that's the thing about what I want from my life is this is this constant fucking reaching you know and if I fail I'm fucking okay because I pick myself up and dust myself off and we go again and we'll pack it up and we'll do the business you know so. What I I actually learned probably far more from that failure than I ever done from any of my successes. Because when you get a success, it's like, oh, pat on the back, go, go for it, that's it, and that's done. When you fail at something, you don't have as many people around you because like everybody's trying to congratulate you when you win something or you do well in something. But people commiserate you on the first day of a failure and then they kind of want to forget about it because they think you want to forget about it. You know, they're like, oh, it's too painful. I don't want to, you know, it's touchy subject, all this kind of stuff. So it does leave you with you and your own thoughts and your own mentality. And so you have to fucking, you, you have to chew this fucking chewing gum that's in your, your mind. Um, and I really found that like from that first ultra marathon where I finished and that was like the biggest success that I could have thought about in this, in this hundred miler to this, to this, to carry away ultra when I had to pull out was like fucking hell. I reacted so differently. You know, I reacted horribly to myself after doing this huge success and I acted really, yeah, I had my dark times and I had my tough times in the weeks afterwards, but I never got to the point where I, you know, was talking really bad to myself or, or where I was, you know, I felt like I, you know, uh, shouldn't be doing ultramarathon or anything like that, you know? So it was just like, right, okay, let's take stock. And I actually, after that, gave myself the first time in about four years where I actually just took took a bit of time and I actually just took the foot off the gas and said right okay what do we actually want you know and um, what do we want out of life so yeah I've thought very very deeply about all of the races that I do and all these things because they're all externalities and I, I don't really want to you know I don't really want to get into a place where the external is more important than how I feel about myself you know what I mean and so even with project 32 with the, with the 32 marathons I don't ever want that want that to become bigger than me you know what I mean? In my own life, you know, so because you have to be number one in your own life. You know, you, you you do yourself, whether you have a wife or children or whatever, you have to be number one in your life for you to be the person that you want to be to everyone else that makes up your life. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and that's the that's the that's the big crux of it all that I've, I've taken from it is regardless what happens in the external, keep the internal good. Be good to yourself, you know. Yeah, for sure, man. You've got to give yourself the best first before you invest in anything outside of yourself. And yeah, there's so much there, man, and so much I can relate to as well in terms of uh, the inner critic. And uh, you know, when I when I heard about your story, it's like, yeah, okay, he's he's ultimately changed his inner critic to inner compassion or to self compassion or self criticism to self compassion, which is something that I feel has been born to at least many men in this country anyway, because men are sort of um, taught to toughen up, man up, you know, get on with it. Oh, you're fucking injured. So what? You know, keep pushing on. Oh, what's that? You're sad because of breakup. 
fucking man up, man, get over it. You know, so there's a there's a lack of compassion there. But I think it also, if you go a little bit deeper than that, um, and again, it's not um, to criticize anyone else either, but understanding the the root of the criticism as well, where like I've been there, you've perhaps been there as well, like where, you know, if you talk about your mother and, and we can talk about our parents in terms of she was trying to create this, this perfect child who wasn't perfect. And then when, mm-hmm. you, when you act out in school or when you don't sort of um, meet her expectations with your grades or your marks or your performance in school, then it's met with some sort of criticism from her or some sort of disappointment from your parents and again, you ingrain that criticism as then you not being good enough. And this, I feel this little voice just begins to embed itself in your, in your mind. And it, and it sort of it follows through into your, into your life where uh, you're almost af- afraid to maybe let people down because you're, you're afraid of feeling that same disappointment that you felt when your mom expressed that criticism towards you or you're just afraid of failing because failing is something that's so wrong, so bad. And failing means that you're a failure, means that you're not good enough, means that you're not an ultra marathon runner, that you're not a top thigh boxer. It's like, yeah, 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 I failed that. So I'm a fucking failure. I'm no good. And it almost justifies this inner critic that you've already got in your head. Ah, uh, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. I was right all along. You know what? Yeah. I'm, I'm not fucking good enough. So for me and perhaps for yourself, you just have to sort of uh, understand the, the roots of that and come to some sort of peace to understand that, you know what, my parents had all the best intentions for me and they, they didn't mean to criticize, didn't mean to sort of um, demonstrate some level of disappointment towards my failed experiences. They were doing that because they were afraid for me. They were, they wanted me to, you know, live a, a safe life. They wanted to protect me. And they did that because they were afraid for me. It was their own sort of internal fears being projected onto me, which ultimately they weren't aware of. So I don't know if you went through that process, but I've started going through the process of questioning my parents and questioning all of my experience in the past. And throughout that experience as well, there does come a period of maybe anger or resentment towards your parents of the criticism or the lack of praise or the absence that you felt in your life. I know we're going pretty deeper, but just hang in there. <laughs> and, uh, but throughout that period, again, the more you question your parents, the more you start to question their upbringing, their childhood, maybe have a few conversations with them, get to know them better. And that anger transfers then to sort of empathy and understanding, you know what, you know, these people are only human and these people will only do the best that they that they thought that they were taught they thought they were doing their best based on their experiences in their own childhood. And uh, it's, it's great that your mom sort of has gone through the process of uh, becoming a, a psychotherapist and she understands this more so now. And I'm sure you can have very great conversations with her, very deep conversations with her. And uh, it's something that both of you can relate to, but that, that's something that many men do struggle with. And I think that a lot of people are in, absolute turmoil today um you know depression anxiety um whatever else because they can't forgive their parents you know they can't forgive those people Mm -hmm. in the past that they feel have have done them wrong and um there's a lot of resentment there but then at the same time you feel guilty for being angry with your parents because if it's brought up if it's brought to their attention that you're angry upset then that's met with, um, oh, but, you know, we we made so many sacrifices for you. I mean, we did this for you, did that for you. So then you feel guilty about being angry. So again, you just you continue to push it down. So yes, you need to sort of cultivate that bit of space and time for yourself to just understand all of this and build your own level of self-awareness to, to know that, okay, that's why... I'm feeling this void or this emptiness. That's why I'm so driven towards achieving something outside of myself because I'm, I'm lacking this, this praise within I'm lacking this compassion within I've got this inner critic that, that was, that was embedded from a very early age unintentionally perhaps, but it's still there. So, and I know your dad as well, like he was uh, an army officer and, and I'm sure he's, you know, a pretty tough guy as well and um, did his best to keep in line perhaps. So, 
but at the same time, you just you wanted to explore the the other side of that line as much as possible. But then when you did so, maybe it was met with criticism or disappointment. And this becomes uh, something quite negative in your life where you feel like you're not good enough. And I think that's something you've mentioned in the podcast a few times as well, that you just didn't feel like you were good enough. And I think it's something that a lot of, a lot of men especially do feel. And it does come down to having some compassion for yourself. And this sort of self-compassion, this is only something I've become aware of over the last year, maybe. And I'm 37 now, so I'm only coming to uh, the point of being compassionate with myself at this point in my life. And up to that point, it was criticism. Am I doing enough? I should be doing more. Fuck, you know what? I uh, I didn't train today. Oh, fuck's sake, man, you're getting lazy. You know, so all this internal dialogue, it can absolutely fuck up your progress. Um, so mm. I think it's very important to cultivate that. And it's something that you've done in your own life. And as I said, when I listen to your story, that was my sort of reaction. I thought, okay, he's, you know, he's come to some sort of peace with the criticism and he's actually been able to flip that into compassion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like as, as far as like my upbringing was, you know, I do think that my parents just actually just did their best. They didn't have an understanding of what was, you know, you know, learning as their goal, like, you know, and I think that's the, that's the thing that I had to get that I, you know, I had to get to. I don't think I ever, like, I, I don't think I, I had pointed blame towards my parents really for a lot of things, even though, I, you know, I look back upon stuff, certain things um, from my childhood and I'm like, fuck it, that was, you know, uh, maybe a lot of other people and a lot of other men have dealt with it and a lot of other women have dealt with this, like that, that you know, their, their, their parents, they look back on their child and they go, fucking hell, like uh, stuff that I just don't remember because maybe I didn't want to remember, you know, and you're like, do you know, and it, 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 you're like, fuck it, you know, I don't think I would do that as a parent, you know, that kind of way you're like, and maybe that's what our, what the generational curse is that we, you know, maybe we're, we're kind of like, are we destined to live out our own parents parenting style or, you know, is it, a, or can we change it, you know, and I feel like we can change it, you know, as it goes forward and we can change what it has, ha- what it has done to us in our own lives as well, you know? Um, so, yeah, I, I think for me, my, my criticism really took the form of like playing the victim and being the victim of my own life, you know, and like, you know, blaming everybody else as well. Like, this is why I'm not doing this and this is why I should be doing this and that and the other or whatever, right? And uh, like pointing all of it outwards, whereas when I just started bringing it back inwards, there was compassion and honesty. So there had to be honest, an honest look at myself as well, you know, like because I can't just stand here and say, oh, I did everything perfect. It was everybody else's fault. I have to kind of go, right, okay. Was I living life the way that I feel was going to give me the best, you know, fulfillment? No, not at all. I was drinking myself silly all the time. Uh, didn't really give a shit about my health. Didn't, you know, uh, expediency over meaning. Just like what was easy? What was fucking, what would require absolutely fuck all effort from me, really? And that was what it was. And that, that led to me then feeling if my efforts in my life are worthless, how can I feel like I'm not worthless? You know what I'm saying? So I felt like, yeah, I, I, I did feel like I was, you know, there was, it's weird because I, as I said, it was quite manic. So there would be times where I was very, you know, confident within myself, you know, being the, trying to be the life of the party, cracking jokes, starting conversations with everybody, you know, making friends, all this kind of stuff. And then there was the times more so when I was on my own, where I just felt like absolute crap and just just didn't because because I felt always and this is the weird thing that I really haven't understood yet you you, you know you kind of touched on it there earlier on when you asked me like why I do all of this stuff and there is this pull from me that always thought there's something great and I think everybody feels it everybody feels it it's like there's something great in me I know that there's something great in me, but I never have given it the opportunity to get out, you know, and I've always allowed my own mind and my own actions to get in the way of my own choices and decisions and mistakes. I've, I've allowed those to get in the way of that being able to come out. 
And what I didn't realize was, was maybe my own greatness really that I felt like I had within me was just developing this good relationship with myself. That was all that it needed to be really like, you know, and the, the external things that come with that of, you know, ultra marathons and all this kind of stuff is great. I love getting up and training in the morning and I love like, you know, going to the gym this morning. No, I enjoyed it. Just getting in there, doing the work. You know, I have a run that I have to do after this. I'm I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's, I like doing that stuff. I like it. It's not like a, a thing that I, I punish myself by doing these things. I, I get out, I enjoy every day. And like, so my own relationship with myself has manifested into a life that is, that I like living, you know what I mean? And uh, that's the, that's the biggest success out of the whole thing. And so like people need to realize that there's a lot of honesty that has to be, has to be chewed up as well with that compassion. So you have to go, right. Okay. Honestly, am I doing what I, you know, what is necessary for me to live the life that I want to live? Am I doing that? Majority of the time, just as from my own experience, you're not. If you're like, there are elements of my life today that I feel like I'm not doing it. You know what I mean? I'm not cleaning my car out. You know, I'm getting into the car and I'm like, fuck's sake, shit everywhere. Yeah. You know, I'm not, and, and I'm not cleaning yeah. it out. Yeah. You know, so like I'm self sabotaging that. You know, the, the not cleaning my car out or I'm, I'm self-sabotaging, not washing out my protein shaker before it gets all smelly. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not doing those little, those things, but it's like, okay, I, that's the honesty side of it. The compassionate side of it is, is right. Okay. No, we're going to do it. Uh, and like, there's the days where I do clean out the car. There's days when I do wash out the shaker and I make sure that I have my protein for after the training session or whatever. I'm like, that's fucking good now. Feel great. And I, I don't allow myself to get too into the, 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 the whole thing of, oh, this has to be clean and this has to be this, that and the other. It's like, right, there's elements of my life that I could put more effort into and I would get more enjoyment out of my day. I, 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 like Everybody enjoys driving around in a clean car. Everybody enjoys having a nice clean protein shaker after the workout. Everybody enjoys these things. Everyone enjoys having cleaned, you know, uh, hiking boots and having them all set and ready to go for the next thing. Everybody enjoys those things. So, like, if you do put those things in, and these are the small things, obviously, but if you do do those things, fuck it, your life will 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 exponentially get easier and get better and get more enjoyable, you know. And so that's. That's that honesty. And then it's the compassionate side of things to kind of go, right, if I don't clean my car, does it fucking make me a bad person? Is it the end of the world? No. Fucking an inconvenience to me, but it's not the biggest deal. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's the way I would think about it is like just just meeting that honesty and and uh, and that compassion with a kind of a good measure of both. Because like we can leave each, ourselves off the hook a lot of the times too as well, you know, Um and I don't think that that's right for our lives either as well, because that leads to us to playing the victim. And I think that's the, that's the biggest fucking thing that I really hate uh, about, about it, you know, when it, ha when it comes into my mind, because it does, it has to like, it, it ha it's always going to be there. And that's that thing going back to mindset is, do I have the ability to, to talk myself out of being my own victim? Do I have that? Do I have that ability to go, right, no, you fucking shut up now. You're being a bullshit artist. You're bullshitting yourself here. And you're trying to actually get out of the thing of, like like the thing of like, oh, geez, I had a really long day now today. And I had a, a really tough training session. And fuck's sake, you know, with all that washing up there, like poor me, with all that washing up, fuck's <laughs> sake. You know, and I, I like, this is a, like, look at my terrible life. I, I, I'm so tired and I have to do this wash up. Shut up, like. You know what I mean? Just stop being the victim of your own fucking life. Just do the, do whatever needs to be done. You know what I'm saying? And, and you're not always going to do it. You're not always going to have a perfect day. But look, if you can, you know, if you can win eight rounds out of 10, you know, this yeah. is it. So like that's, that's, that's the, the, it's the ebb and flow. It's the, you know, your life is never going to be stagnant. It's going to always change. It's always going to move. And that's where I always bring that back to this mindset is mindset really is like when people think about mindset is like, oh, yeah, fucking rowing the Atlantic solo or something like that. No, mindset is just can we clean the house up or can we take the dog out for a walk when we don't fucking want to? Or, you know what I mean? You know, these little things that really make our lives exponentially better. They take effort. 
but they, but th- that's what makes you know my life easier uh you know and it makes me allow allows me to enjoy training more it allows me to enjoy you know taking on ultra marathons and challenges more and that's and like it's the constant struggle because i'm not a, a tidy person i'm not an organized person really you, you know like uh, very much so you know what i mean maybe maybe i'm selling myself short here like but you know oh, but i try to be you know and i try to 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 get the best out of myself and there's times where i no i could have tried harder you know and there's times when i could have done things better but you know each day is a new day we learn yeah yeah you're oh, what no. you're talking about here is like the discipline isn't it? having the discipline to actually yeah. Uh, do the things that are necessary not the things that you want to do always um, but also like discipline yeah. is, is something that has a very hard line as well oh, I've got to be disciplined got to go to the gym and fucking put in the grind and keep pushing forward you know it's like no discipline's not all that it's discipline is also like wrapped up in self-compassion and and uh, and love for yourself as well because you're doing these things because they fuel your growth and they, and they fuel your progress so like even yeah, there's all the discipline for training and pushing on and progressing and putting in the fucking grind. But there's also the fucking discipline <laughs> of taking a fucking break and going out at the weekend and meeting meeting your friends for a, a coffee or a few beers or doing something that you fucking enjoy. The discipline of resting and recovering because uh, like I work with a lot of men from a coaching perspective as well. And the majority of them are great showing up to the gym, grinding, pushing, and uh, I'm going great. Yeah. However, um, today was a recovery day. So why did you go for a, a 10K run today when I had it done as a recovery run? I, you know what? I just, you know, I want to keep pushing on. I want to keep showing up. I want to keep doing something. Yeah. But that's going to be detrimental to your training session tomorrow. You know, sort of zoom out and, and see the bigger picture here. Like the recovery is part of the process and it's important part of the process. So it's the discipline to, to know when to stop as well and to know when to take mm. a break, which I don't know if that's something you struggle with because obviously you're in yeah. this realm that it's it's so intense and your training is like your training is fucking extreme and we'll go into a bit more deep detail on that in, in a minute but is that something you struggle with in terms of yes you've got the discipline to fucking work but have you got the discipline to sort of rest or recovery or is that something you've you've been able to cultivate over your period of time with all you're doing yeah I think like there has to be give and take like you know like athletes at the highest level they put way more emphasis on the times when they're not training than when they are training because when you're training you know what you're doing you know you know how many sets reps what time blah blah whatever you're going to do so when you're when you're off training, it's like the fucking wild west. You know, you're like, okay, what, do, you know, wh- when do I eat? What do I eat? How much sleep should I be getting? Blah, blah, all this kind of stuff. And I think I've put way more emphasis on that side of things. Like I'm in bed early every night because I'm up early every morning. And then I, you know, so I have to be, I have to be thinking about the amount of sleep that I'm getting. Um, but I think if I get too anal about that as well, it ruins that for me. You know, I love bed, like, you know, I love getting into bed. Like, so it's, you know, if I, if I turn that into a chore or part or like a job or whatever, I you know, it just doesn't fucking, it just, you know, ruins the enjoyment of it for me. You know what I mean? And it's the same with food and things like that. It's like the second I think that I, you know, that I overthink food and stuff like that. Cause I actually believe just as a sidebar, I had a very, very poor relationship with food throughout my Thai boxing career. Cause that's a weight class, um, sport. So you have to be like, you know, even in your off season, you don't want to be getting too fat. Like, you know what I mean? Because it's just going to mean longer, harder training camp. And it's going to mean a, a more detrimental weight cotton, very unhealthy. And it gave me an unhealthy, um, body image it gave me an unhealthy attitude towards food it gave me an unhealthy outlook on who I was really actually to be honest you know so uh, I was very I am still very like sometimes I can slip in and out like they definitely slip in and out of that of, of that negative mindset where I'm like you know I'm sitting there after eating a lot of food and I'm like fuck's sake you're kind of fucking, such a fat fucker like you know like you know there's that that kind of element comes in and I do try now as well on my inside the inside of me as well kind of think right right just have a bit of a laugh about this like George fucking hell you're after eating a load of food like scrant it's not a big deal like you know yeah you know and so yeah I think 
if I could give any advice to anybody, because I'm training six days a week, but I do about nine to 10 sessions a week, it'd be that, um, this can sound a bit, uh, um, fucking hypocritical as well, because I often make this mistake and don't listen to my body and I go for it anyway. But it, if I could give advice to how I feel after that, I never feel good. I never, do you know that good feeling you get? I, I got it this morning after my training session in the gym because I didn't, I didn't go to that point where I'm not going to be able to train after this chat. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I went in and I did what I had to do. I did my job. You know, the job was to get in and to, to do these specific things. And I didn't go, right, we get onto the air dying there and we'll fucking go onto the assault bike and all this kind of shit. No, we'll say disciplined in that way, you know, disciplined in going, we have a job to do, we get this job done and we have another job to do later on, right? And so uh, it, that's what I would say is like, I got a good feeling after that, after that training session. But if I was got in, to the training session and you know I smashed myself blah, blah, and then the next day I got in I smashed it out again I was well and, and then I just get home and I'm like I don't want to do shit all I don't want to you know dog needs to go for a walk or I don't want to you know you know try and tidy up the house a bit or you know I don't I don't want to do those fucking things and then that's a more negative stuff that going into your head so like right if you listen to your body and you just kind of go right there I'm actually kind of act wrecked tired here now today what would be the best thing for me to do if I'm to do? often rest, 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 like not even active rest, rest would be a good thing to do. Or you could do some mobility work. You could, you know what I mean? You could roll out your legs a bit. You could kind of move around. Or as you said, right, this is something that people have not yet got to understand. And it's something that I've only started to understand in the first, in the last couple of years is the health benefits of community the health benefits of getting together with a couple of mates, having a couple of, you know, having a, an old cup of coffee, or you could have a few beers. You don't, you, like everything you have, everything you have in your life, you know, it's, it's moderate. Moderation for me is like, you know, in terms of the, the, the bad stuff, right? You know, as I quote unquote, the bad stuff where I go, right. I, I don't, I'm like my, my girlfriend cooked a victorious sponge cake there yesterday. And I must have, she's giggling there upstairs. And uh, I, I ate like a fucking brick of it yesterday, right? And I'm like, that was not good. Like, you know, that's just, like, that was just absolute pig ass gluttony, right? And like, I, you know, so that's that element where you kind of go, right, I could have just had half of that amount and it would have been well enough. You know what I mean? And it's just like, so going out, grabbing a couple of beers with your mates or grabbing a coffee or just sitting down, having a chat or watching a movie and you're there like chatting back and forth or whatever, that's good for your health. Like, you know what I mean? We're, we're tribal beings where we belong in, with a tribe. You know what I mean? We belong with a group of people. So like if there's a time for you feel Jesus Christ, I'm actually fuck, I'm run down training is having too much of a toll on me or whatever. Pick up the phone, grab a buddy, go here. Do you want to grab a cup of coffee there or something like that? You've an hour free today there. We'll grab a coffee or maybe we can get some lunch or I'll pack up some sambos there and we go for an old walk or something. That The health benefits of that, very hard scientifically to pinpoint, you know, you know, this won't be showing up on your whoop band, like, you know what I mean? As the, you know, as your recovery. But what it'll do is it, 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 it gives you this, this endorphin hit and this kind of thing of, Oh yeah, I'm just fucking having a laugh, having a couple of belly laughs there, like you know what I mean. It's cra cracking a couple of jokes. Brilliant for your health, brilliant for your mental health, your physical health, everything. So like, I think that's the elements of 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 training and the elements of, of recovery that are not so scientific, but they're just brilliant. You know, I get you out of your head. You might not even think about the thing you're training for as well for an hour or two, which is great. Like you know. Yeah, definitely, man. No, I get all that, and it's it's again the importance of surrounding yourself with the right people so that you're not leaving this group of friends feeling even more fucking depleted than you were before you met them, that you're, that you feel um, full of, uh, of goodness and, and uh, that it's been a, a wholesome time together, a wholesome time with them more so than something that's been, been uh, you can be depleting. Yeah. You, you can be selfish as well, like, you know, because, like, I, I feel like me as an athlete now, um, not even so much now, but, like, 
more so in the latter half of my training schedule like i there's you know you you you're you're you you have to be in certain ways selfish as an athlete where you're going out you're getting your training sessions done they could be four or five hours long sometimes you know if you're if you're training for ultra stuff or endurance stuff and that is that 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 selfish uh, kind of element and where times with with people you love and times with your like with your own community your own tribe are incredibly important they're really important and we forget about them because we don't we think about the time between training sessions sometimes as dead time right I, i've definitely i definitely got into that in thai boxing was when i wasn't training I, I all i thought about was this is fucking just time in between my training sessions and you can get into that and so if you actually can you know realize that part of your training should be integrating with your loved ones getting out for a walk with your girlfriend or your boyfriend or you know you know doing something like that that's just nice get grabbing a cup of coffee and having an old scone with my with my uh, partner like one of the best things i can do for my recovery because it makes me feel great gives me that time to relax shut off i don't think about running i don't think about training and i'm just there and i'm having a good time and i think that's that's where i'm like right if i'm going to be selfish and i have that time where i'm selfish and i go right i'm gone I, I have to go there. I, I've got a training session, five hours to do. It's very important to give it to the people that, that you love, yes, but still in this thing of giving it to yourself. Give yourself that time, that 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 time with your own tribe, with your own, with your with the people that are in your life, because it will it, it, it will just it will make you feel better about it, you know, make you feel better about your training. Yeah, it's it's the the avoidance or you're you're putting something in the way there that's that's um that's not going to allow you to become overly consumed by your training or by your by your goals and i've been there man i've like fucking back in the day crossfit powerlifting even work in business man it fucking took over my life because i allowed it to take over my life and, and again sort of taking uh, one addiction onto onto something else and just again looking for things in the external until i stopped and asked myself very similar questions as you did so um yeah very important and yeah some people listening to this now and thinking what the fuck is this guy at uh training six days a week and um doing all these hours of of training what's going on and i know you've already sort of mentioned it there earlier about your uh about your next big venture uh, that's putting it that's putting it lightly so tell us tell us what's happening in august i believe yeah and um, that's when it's hopefully going to take place um it'll be definitely before september anyway um i will look to do project 32 which came about actually in september of 2019 is when this first raised its head and the pandemic uh got in the way of the first date that i had set to do it and uh, then the second time around was after that, um, after that run, uh, that Kerryway Ultra run, which then with that injury pushed it out even further. And now it's in this point where, you know, we're three years into the making of this and I wanted to get it done. And I wanted to, I want to, I, I, it's not only that I want to get it done, it's that I'm actually really just enjoying going all in to it where I'm trying to remove distractions. There are certain things that you have to, you know, that life, uh, you know, uh, puts, puts in your, in your kind of pathway to these things, but trying to remove as many of those unnecessary distractions as possible to focus wholly on this and just become kind of just, just to get it, just ingrain it into my life again. Um, and what it is, is it's 32 marathons in 32 days in the 32 counties of Ireland with 32 pounds on my back and I'll drop a pound a day out of the pack um, as, until I'm, I run with no uh, with no, no weight on for the last last marathon. And that's really a symbolize, to symbolize really my own kind of pathway through running was this kind of this element to it where I was dropping the weight off, where I felt like I had the weight of the world on my shoulders because of the the dark thoughts that I had in my in my head, the negative attitude I had towards myself and my life. And I wanted to kind of 
have that element to this whole thing where there was like maybe it was a narrative or a storyline to it as well where I felt like you know it was something that I could connect with and maybe others could connect with as well and this is what it was all about was this again bringing it back to this community element where like that's why I wanted to do it in all 32 counties was because I wanted everybody to see it you know and I wanted everybody to have an opportunity to have a laugh and have a joke and say this guy's fucking mental and all this kind of stuff you know what I mean where it's like you know, I just think that that's, that's what this whole thing has morphed into now um, for me is Project 32 is just something that I actually just really look forward to. You know, it's not something that I'm dreading. I'm cutting down the days going, oh, Jesus Christ, like, you know, it's getting closer, it's getting closer. It's just, for me, it's it's really just um, something that I'm just enjoying getting up every morning and t- kind of thinking, what's the what's that 1% that I can add, you know, if, if we're talking about the, the zero to hundred percent loading bar, right. And where I'm loading up, loading up, loading up. And I get to that hundred percent fully loaded and ready to rock and go do the project. What's that? What's something that can get me another percent onto, onto this, this kind of goal that I have. And that's, that's the way I'm thinking about it. And as I said, I'm just enjoying it. I just enjoy, I enjoy getting into the gym. I enjoy doing the work. I enjoy getting out for my runs. And uh, I've got my first public training session where I'll do a half marathon with 22 pounds um, uh, as a kind of a building block towards the whole thing. Um, it's raising money for, uh, we're trying to raise 100,000 euro for PA the house. I've raised about 34,000 already. Um, so just trying to um, kind of kick that up a notch and so it's just all going towards Project 32, getting that all uh, all kind of uh, ready to rock. And to me, I feel like this is going to be something that, you know, a lot of people are actually going to really enjoy. Like, I really are actually going to enjoy following it along, you know, and just are really going to just take something from it because if you like i know that you've 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 dipped your toe into the podcast and you've dipped your toe into my social media platforms i always try and inject an element to crack into everything because life's too serious like you know and it, even serious shit like running 32 marathons you can have a bit of fun with it too like it's not illegal you know uh you can you can have a bit of crack and you can you can have a laugh and a joke of people and um I think that was one of the best things that I found about like all any time I've ever ran an ultra marathon. It's like, why would I ever be unhappy? Like, you know, even like during the, uh, uh, the, um, uh, carry away ultra, I was just having a good time, uh, throughout the whole thing. And obviously it came to the point where I had to pull out, but you know, the next day when everybody called over to the Airbnb that we were in and stuff like that, and we were all having a bit of super max and chilling out, laughing, joking, having a good time. It's just life is, you know, life is, is fun. Like, you know, life should be good crack. Like, you know, it's really tough. Uh, it's really hard. Uh, a lot of the time. So when it can be fun, let it be fun. Like, you know, so, I think people are really going to enjoy it. We're going to have some good crack with it. Deadly, man. That's what I like about you, man. You're, yeah, you're fucking driven and you're determined, but at the same time, there is a bit of crack to to your personality as well and a bit of, uh, bit of fun to it. So um, maybe something I need to add in. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's class, man. It, it sounds like a very personal uh, journey you're about to go on. And, you know, the fact that you're letting go of a pound with every marathon like that's something quite significant as well as you mentioned so that's amazing and make sure when you get to Sligo or I'll make sure when you get to Sligo that I'll I'll, I'll certainly uh, I'll catch you at some point not literally obviously yes. but uh, we'll catch yeah. up at some point and even if you're in Donegal as well I'm living in I'm living in Sligo but from Donegal so I could, could see you in both counties so I'll be certainly uh, keeping an eye on that and if you have a link for uh for the uh, donation page as well, I'll, I'll add that in the show notes below. So for everyone listening, just click that link and uh, send this good man uh, some uh, some funds for a very worthy charity. And uh, yeah, Connor, man, this has been fucking epic. We could talk and talk for a couple more hours and maybe something we'll, we'll have to do again, possibly after, you're, after you've uh, completed that um, 32 county adventure. Mm. I don't know what to call it. Fucking grind. Yeah. Thing. Um, <laughs> crazy shit. Uh, so yeah, man, brilliant. And yes, so stay in touch with Connor. Uh, where where can everyone find you? Or where's the best place to reach out to you? Or 
Yeah, um, I think HQ is the Instagram page. So like everything is done through the Instagram page. I've got like I've got my own podcast stuff up there as well. So you click the link in the bio, it'll bring you into everywhere. I've got a Patreon page which funds the the podcast, so it allows me to rent out studio space and get it all edited and and um, you know allow me to kind of grow the podcast and get more people to listen to it because it's good. Uh, positive, you know, a bit of fun, uh, some interesting um, conversations I've had um, on the podcast already. And I just think, look, your, your, this is episode number 61, is it, of yours? 61, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I think I did about... I did about 50 episodes where it was just me. And now this is... I've done... Uh, this will be the fourth one now will be coming out on Monday with guests. And it's just, uh, it's just, in- it's just interesting conversations. And I think people will, will get an awful lot from it. So um, the Instagram is at C O K E E F F E and everything's kind of done through there. And if you want to keep in touch uh, with me over like project 32 and the training, I post up about that kind of stuff as well all the time, but my training methods and schedules and all this kind of stuff. And if you want to ask any questions, send me a, a DM. It, it could sit there for a week, but I really do try my best to get back to everybody. Um, and uh, anybody that's interested in having a, a chat about anything, I'm, I'm usually, I'm usually, you know, good to have a chat with. So Brilliant. thanks very much for having me on. Yeah, it's been fucking epic and uh, I wish you the very best with all your training going forward. I know you're going to smash that. So, uh, as I said, keep an eye on things and uh, yeah, man. Time. No, thank you. Cheers, Gavin.